Dark Horse Live, episode 78. Welcome, everybody. It's almost fucking Black Friday. You know what that means. Just one more show till Black Friday. Dark Owl drop. Official Dark Owl drop. Black Friday. Midnight. It's on, just, just to be clear, everybody, it's midnight Eastern, and it's on the night of Black Friday. You don't have to wait up on Thanksgiving. It's not midnight at the stroke of Black Friday on Thanksgiving. It's... Black Friday, so sleep in, sleep over your your turkey comas or whatever. Friday into Saturday. Yeah, Friday going into Saturday at midnight. So you can sleep in, you can go shop or whatever the fuck you need to do, but at midnight, Eastern, 10 p.m. Denver time, you need to get on and get that dark owl drop. So there's there's the skinny on that. Real quick, I have a what the actual fuck. I want to talk about this real quick. (laughs) It's not an actual... I would. I just have to show it, but here we go. This thing. It's not Dab Logic. I should take this out of the screen because Dab Logic would never do something so strange. <laughs> All right, this is a pipe. Sorry, it's kind of not in focus. But if you notice, there's two bowls, which I don't understand. There's also a chillum on this side, which I don't understand. And then there's this little nipple down here. Can somebody tell me what this two-bowl nipple deal slash chillum thing is? And if you can, maybe I'll give you something, because I'm totally baffled. Where the fuck did you find that, Caesar? I was uh, at a clone drop. Which one was it? I was at uh, the, uh, the last one that I did. I forgot the name of the dispensary. Sorry about that, but it was in Lafayette. Um, it'll come to me as I'm uh, speaking. But I'm looking in the display case because they had a bunch of different pipes to smoke out of. And I'm looking at the different pipes and stuff, and I saw that weird-looking one. So I'm like, I didn't understand it. So I'm not a bowl smoker, so I had to get it for you to tell me. What do you, what am I looking at? I, no, Nobody knows what we're looking at. All right. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Let's go to free shit. That's just baffling everybody. We got to talk about it. Free! All right, free shit. If you don't know, now you know. Give away free shit. Every show. Space Stone. If you want to win this 12-pack, the lineage of this amazing 12-pack. This is a misprint box. This is upside down. This is special. I didn't just realize it just now. This is upside down. It's not supposed to be. So... There you go. Super rare. If you Super rare. If you uh, Lazar, Lazar 115. Yes. To Skittles Bitch Slap. You want that? 12 seeds. Uh, code word to win. What's it going to be, Caesar? Hash Monster. Hash Monster. With you realize that joint is super crinkly and loud in my headphones. And for everyone listening at home. They know it's right. about to come, though. Thank you. All right. Uh, Hash Monster and the number. Julian, What num- pick a number between one and... Actually, between 50 and 100. 90. 90 is the number. The 90th person to email Dark Horse Genetics Live in the subject line, uh, darkhorsegeneticslive at gmail.com, in the subject line, and you write hash monster. And if you're the 90th person, I'm going to email you back and say, give me your address, dude, you won. Got it? Cool. All right, everybody. On the show tonight, we have Dab Logic. Dab Logic is probably my, actually, not probably, is my favorite hash, like company hash makers in the world. Every time 
I don't know if I should say this, but every time I travel, I have to go get a cart from Dab Logic for the stresses of the travel and the airports and the bullshit. And uh, everywhere I go around the world, the Dab Logic cart goes with me. I have a ton of respect for Dab Logic, mainly the non-solvent side. I guess that's is the non-solvent side, Dab Logic. But uh, without further ado, let's just bring in Julian from Dab Logic. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No, I really appreciate that intro. <laughs> here, here he is. Um, yeah. So I, I've just kind of asked you before if you've ever seen the show, but uh, we kind of always start everybody with, uh, do you remember the first time that you got high or you, cannabis entered into your life? And pull that microphone right up to your face if you would talk straight in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah let's see here. Does that sound a little better? Yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, first time cannabis entered into my life. I mean, I was I was very young. Um, I was just getting out of fifth grade. A buddy of mine, his brother, they had some pretty good herb. I mean, what did I know? Um, and they loaded up. They loaded up a bong that they had made out of like some vase and like drilled the <laughs> hole in the thing. MacGyver bong. Yeah, yeah. super MacGyver bong. And uh, yeah, we hit it. And honestly, I didn't really feel much. I didn't really know how to get to like classic first time yeah, you didn't get high kind of thing. Really didn't feel much at all. Remember and the first time you got high? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then uh, probably about two weeks later. We were all sleeping over at my place. We like camped out in the backyard. And same buddy brought over some herb. This time, like a little chillum. And like this time, they were like, "All right, you gotta like hold this shit in. You gotta like really." You know, I'm I'm like a little kid. You know? <laughs> Looking back at this, I'm like, if I ever saw a little you know fifth grader doing this, it'd be psycho. You know, but uh, you know, so yeah, I. I uh, Took took a couple big hits, couple big hits. Um, I think they even like we had like a tube. They like shotgun me, you know, their hits and whatnot. <laughs> Put you under a cone, yeah, kind of like... shit. The shit we did as kids is <laughs> fucking dumb. You know, you mentioned like, oh, you gotta hold it in, right? It's like I remember being young and the, like the excitement around not knowing what the fuck we're doing at all, trying something new, and it was like if you're not if you don't cough. You're not gonna get higher. If you cough, you get higher. And we all had all this talk about bro science. We had oh my god, stupid bro science at like elementary school level bro science. Seriously, but um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry to cut you off. Continue. No, yeah, I mean, you know, a couple of weeks later, I ended up being able to buy a single bowl and a broken chillum off a of buddy for like five bucks. Same buddy's like older brother's friend, you know. He just gave me a broken chillum. Here's a bowl. Gave him five bucks. I had a broken chillum. It still hit. I could still smoke <laughs> it. You know, it was hard. It wasn't good. But uh, you know, when you're that young, how the hell are you ever gonna get a real pipe? Who um, the hell else are you gonna <laughs> sell a broken chillum to? But a fifth grade kid. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> Hey kid, I got something for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you get them on drugs. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, a few, you know, maybe even a few weekends after that, it was like summer vacation. And we ended up, me and that buddy and his brother and his brother's friend, we, we wound up going to, like, their parents' cottage. And that was, like, the first time I got real high. We went out on this, uh, like, paddle boat, you know, where you're pedaling the fucking thing. And was this like you don't have to tell us exactly where but was this Colorado or this is Wisconsin, Wisconsin? actually yeah okay. like a little bit more northern you Wisconsin. lost your Wisconsin accent yeah. a little bit yeah <laughs> it comes back here and there you'll you'll see it but uh 
But yeah, so I ended up, we ended up going out on this little paddle boat and we made a bet. We said, all right, you know, whoever touches the paddle boat first, we went way out from shore through all this, like all the, these crazy weeds. <laughs> and this is like one of the deepest lakes in Wisconsin. It's like, you know, super fucking deep. There's sturgeons in this lake, all sorts of crazy shit. And uh, we go out. And we're like, all right, first one to touch the paddleboard. We're all going to jump off at the same time. First one to touch the paddle boat when, you, you know, you lose and you have to swim back. And everybody else basically has to get back in and <laughs> we're going to paddle back without you. And uh, so we're out there and we're fucking dying. We had just gotten like, like, you know, before that, we had just gotten super ripped. We smoked like four or five bowls. And uh, we're out there. We're dying. All of us. You look all. You know. You look. Everybody's looking at each other in the eye. We're all. We're all like scared shitless. You know. <laughs> scared of <laughs> the sturgeon. You mentioned sturgeon. Just, I know it's yeah, a fish, like, but like, what is it, what does the fish do to you? More not even the sturgeon. Just like the fact that if you touch that, you're gonna have to swim back, and <laughs> it's a pretty far swim. And like I said, it's through some grimy ass <laughs> fucking like lily pad infested like crazy seaweed that's like you know nine feet tall type of shit it's like crazy and so none of us wanted to touch it we're out there we're probably doing it like 20 minutes and finally it's like holy shit one of us is gonna like die and my buddy's brother brother uh his his buddy he ends up touching the boat and all of a sudden, all of us are like, oh, and we jump into the boat and we're, you know, we're fighting him, like trying to kick him off. He's trying to fight us little kids, like throw us off, you know, just to like, you know, not have to swim back. Finally, we get him off the boat and we start paddling and it, the boat goes like one mile a fucking hour. You know, it's like literally the slowest boat you could ever be. You're paddling, you know, I don't know if you ever use one of those things, but so we ended up, uh. He ends up just like hanging on the back and he's just like, you know, going through all the weeds. And it was just, just this was, was the first time you got high? Yeah. You remember this in that vivid detail? I got like yeah. real fucking. You, you have know, a good real, memory, real dude. High. Yeah. <coughs> so, what about like take it forward a little more? So, what about when you kind of became a stoner or got into the industry or what led you to, you know, cannabis as a career? Yeah. I mean, same group of friends, you know, they were. I, I would just, you know, even to today's standard, I would consider, you know, that group of kids and the group I grew up with, like, pretty, you know, they were connoisseurs, and they were always searching for the best weed. They were looking for the chem. They were looking for the diesel. They were fucking, you know, trying to hunt and find the best stuff, and we'd get it every once in a while, you know. Buddy would score the East Coast Sour D, you know. The other buddy would score the chem D, the chem sis, or... You know, we bring back the super silver haze from the buddy who went to Bonnaroo. Or, you this know, is all Wisconsin. This is all in Wisconsin. I never associated Wisconsin with the fire. It's know? not. It's not <laughs> much of the fire. No disrespect, you know? Wisconsinites. No, no, tell you the truth, you know, there's not a ton of it around. But you know, just like I said, you know, it was a lucky group of group of friends, and one of the buddies who I was like best friends with, his older brother, um, his cousin was like out in California in the industry right away, like was like kind of farmhand and worked with Kyle Cushman right off the bat and was helping him out. He had access to a bunch of cuts. All of a sudden cuts ended up floating back, you know, to Wisconsin, you know, really good seeds. We were getting shipped from like, I mean, at that point, 
Yeah, I mean, there was some top dog stuff around. There was some uh, um, Gage Green, like, released their first line, you know, with, like, Purple Snowman and shit like that. A year on, like, a rough year time frame? This is probably, like, you know, I'm, I'm 28 years old and turned 29 this year, so this was probably about... I'd have to say 2008, 2007, okay. yeah. somewhere around there. So, yeah, you guys were bumping into quality shit yeah. and finding quality shit. Yeah. And it was around. Where did you buy seeds at that time, if, if, um, I, if I can ask? Online. Everything was off Attitude. Attitude. Yeah. There you Attitude go. Shout team. out to Attitude. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. I mean, Shout that was out. always how we found out about, like, new releases of shit. That was, like... Yeah. That's how we found out about Attitude all of Attitude was with the Seed Bank. When I first became a breeder, first started Dark Horse, I was like... I have to get on attitude. Like, if you're not on attitude, you're not really a, an established breeder in the world. And I mean, not to say that that's not necessarily true anymore, but at that time, it was like, you're not shit if you're not on attitude. Yeah. yeah. I still feel that way, sort of, but yeah. All right. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, there was like Seed Bay. There was like some things that were happening around on like the forums still. It was. Did you grow personally or was it like just your crew? I grew. I, yeah, I grew. I, uh, I started growing when I was probably about 14 years old. I grew my first couple plants. I had a tiny little fucking closet grow. Um, I got raided in the following year. At 15 At years f- old? 15 years old, man. Fucking A. Yeah. You got a applause button on this bitch? <laughs> uh, let's find it. Either way, the more you know, that works too. Yeah. Uh, 15 years old, was raided. Um, literally for two plants, not even flowering. Uh Veg, veg, they were just vegging, full SWAT team, you know, whatever the fuck, like the Merrill SWAT team close to where I was growing up. Uh, Do you know how or why? Who caught the plants? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you know, big court case, all this shit. And, yeah, the subpoena, or, like, all this, we had, we subpoenaed a lot of information. I got a decent lawyer at the time. And it turned out this kid, yeah, I mean, I can name him even. Uh, Ty Middlestead. He uh, we, we out stitches on this show all the time. Yeah, so yeah, so, fuck you, Ty Middlestead. Wherever the fuck you are in life, fucking t- twenty years later, you fuck or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Later. So he ended up getting caught by his mom. You know, kind of. I think he was like selling ecstasy, something like that. He ended up getting caught by his mom, and then he basically his mom took him into the cops and the cops the only you know Fucking they Karen. he had to like yeah exactly he had to turn somebody in so he ended up yeah turning me in and yeah i got wow. the photographs everything like yeah thanks he, karen ass mom you thought it was a good idea to bring your son to jail with or the police station with ecstasy and other shit on him <laughs> uh, he could then in turn turn around and tattletale on another fucking teenager in the community who's got oh, two man. weed plants like yeah, yeah. you might kid me that's one of the stupidest craziest stories i ever fucking heard in my life i'm sorry Julie. yeah that's no it crazy. really was and it fucked up my life to tell you the truth like i got put on like whatever the because before you're 18 they don't really call it probation you just have like a social worker you have all this shit and you basically on papers yeah for, you're in the system yeah you're in the point, system like, for fucking until you're 18 you so and yeah check in. ua's fucking you got a job buddy exactly and, yeah, I, I was exactly. in there i was in there all with that you. shit yeah. you know you had to go do like classes you had to have a fucking goddamn uh <laughs> counselor all this shit you know and i I loved weeds, so there was no way I was going to stop smoking weed. They were trying to diagnose me with, like, oppositional defiancy, you know, ADHD, all this, all these new age fucking sure, sure. bullshit. Something fucking, wrong with you, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. he likes weed. There's something wrong with this fucking kid. 
and uh, on some pills. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they ended up. Uh, I ended up having to do that till basically seventeen. At set, and the whole deal was if I didn't get in trouble, you know, this shit would be good. I was going to be expunged off my record. Deferred um, judgments. Yeah. And failed. I think I failed like sixteen UAs right in the beginning. Like every they were just every one one after another. And my mom was a social, a social worker as well, so she was like friends with this lady who I had. And so she kind of kept being like, oh no, I'm trying, you know, sorry, he's, you know, he's around bad people, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, this whole thing, trying to play the whole thing off and help me. And finally on that 16th one, she was just like, I'm, I'm gonna have to send you to, you know, juvie basically if you don't fucking pass the next one. Like just gonna have to can't cover scared for you straight anymore. kid yeah, and that scared the shit out of me. To tell you the truth, like I didn't want to fucking have anything to do with juvie, so I ended up uh, starting to buy piss for my buddy Carl. Um, <laughs> so I, I called up Carl. Trail. Yeah, I mean I call up. Everybody's Carl. got a Carl in their life. Yeah. If you're not <laughs> laughing right now, you should be laughing because everyone's got a Carl in their life. Yeah, yeah, they really do. And shout out to Carl because, man, I fucking love you, dude. Like, for real. Um, but yeah, so he would, uh, he'd bring by a bottle of Listerine, you know, full of pee. And I literally, morning of, because, like, when you're a kid, they have to actually schedule your UAs. It's not, like, random. So they call you up, and they say, all right, I want you to do a UA in the next 24 hours. So I'd be like, all right. You know, my mom would be like, all right, he'll be in tomorrow at (laughs) 3.15, you know. And I'm like, all right. So I'd fucking load up a little mini Listerine bottle. Carl's piss. I'm wearing gloves. (laughs) And uh, I'd... I I put it in boiling water on the stove and like let it sit warm up and then I'd take two sock warmers and I'd fucking slap it on the side and I'd put it in my belt and we'd go up, you know go off to the fucking UA place and uh, they still they stood in the room with you but they like kind of like stood behind you yeah yeah didn't exactly stare at your dick yeah the time. nothing like that you know when you're, you're, you're eighteen a kid, and beyond so, they're yeah. they're looking at your dick but like before <laughs> that they're really not so. You know, I had this little kind of like uh, hose coming out of the end of the cap of the Listerine bottle, and I had a little clip on the end, like a binder clip, and I would just literally pull it out of my zipper and fucking let some yeah. in. And they sell a product just called just the, the wedge. Yeah. yeah, I've used the wedge I've, before. I've, I tried the Wizenator, all that shit. Really funny story with the Wizenator. I literally that was what I tried the first time around on the 15th UA before she said I was going to go to juvie. And cause I was like, I'm getting close. Like they're going to fuck me. My mom like his hearing shit about me, you know, stuff like that. So it's just like, all right. So I go by a whizinator and I'm at my girlfriend's house and I'm like warming it up. Cause you have to like have it on your body for a little while. And I'm waiting to go to this thing. And she sits down on my lap. The thing pops piss just starts running down my leg and I'm like her sister's there all their friends I'm like oh fuck I quick run into the bathroom and I'm like and they're like what the fuck oh, yeah, he peed himself leave why'd him alone you, yeah why did you just piss yourself <laughs> and I was just like oh shit but yeah. yeah so then I started doing the car I had thing. a clip failure on the wedge if everyone knows out there knows what the wedge is it's like the banana thing that you put in your between your butt cheeks and squeeze <laughs> and it shoots out like a stream on a little tube what? and has a clip on the end or whatever <laughs> This? You like gotta wear whitey tighties. You gotta wear whitey tighties, and then you gotta put like this. It's shaped like banana, kind of, and you just like rest it back in there, and like in between your butt cheeks, so you can when you clench your butt cheeks, 
it like shoots the stream like through the tube and it's got a little gator clip on the end when i was getting looked at the guy looked at like looked over my shoulder oh, and yeah. he was trying to see what i was going on that, yeah. i uh, i didn't get the gator clip while they closed <laughs> like it was like two it was like three clicks it was, like click 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 but on the, i only got one or two clicks yeah. so it just started leaking and i shoved the shit back down in my pants and zipped up and it just kept going was still running and the down. guys in front of oh, me and i'm like God. only thing i could think to do was be like you just made me piss my you shook me in the middle of while i'm peeing now i've just pissed all over myself i gotta go to work Blamed i was like it, yeah. i just totally Perfect. like it was all your fault buddy look what you just did to me blah blah ran out of that bitch and called my probation officer and i was like i will never take another piss test again that guy's some creepo and he just made me pee all over myself and shook me when i was peeing and i, was like, I got to work covered in piss now i'm done with it and she was like you know what you're good. I'll never make you do it again. So I turned it into like this whole aggressive. Oh I went aggressive <laughs> with it. I went from busted good. to like super aggressive, and I was <laughs> off piss tests or whatever. But I don't know. We, we could talk about this for hours. I got to speed it up because yeah, we have yeah. to go forever. We got to get into hash. That's what everyone wants to know about not for fucking sure. us fucking around with piss tests. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about hash. Like, how did you get into hash making? Um, like, where did you pick up your trade? Yeah. I mean, first time I, you know, learned about hash making and kind of hash in general. Um, was actually through my grandpa, um, and he had he had a property that he needed the attic like cleaned out of, and we, my mom and like you know me and my stepdad went over there, and we were like, all right, let's clean this thing out. So we started cleaning it out, and I'm pulling out like we're pulling out crazy shit up there, but you know, uh, yeah. but uh. <laughs> We're pulling out, you know, all sorts of shit. I ended up finding, like, all these old lights, like, big gymnasium fucking lights, huge old, like, crazy ballasts, like, massive, like, crazy things, like, these huge old timers, fucking just, like, all this different stuff. He had, like, full, like, breaker boxes built out, and I was just, like, I didn't really know what it was, but I was kind of starting to, like, think about it. And, like, again, like, I had cannabis super young in my life, so, like, you know, this was probably about, I might have been like 15, 16 at this point. And he's like, all right, so I, or I asked, or I ended up finding this like joint roller and I knew what it was. And I'm kind of like looking at it and he saw me looking at it and I'm like, you know, kind of like, you know, can I take this or whatever? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just never, you know, just promise me. You're never going to put tobacco in that thing. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know, yeah, yeah, I can promise you that. And it was one of those old ones where you pull the thing back and it had the leather kind of, totally. you know, uh, pulley thing to it. And, yeah, so then, you know, I, I started kind of piecing it together and I ended up asking him eventually, like, about all that equipment, you know, a few weeks later. And he starts telling me about it. He tells me about... Yeah, he got busted in the 80s. He, you know, was doing this process called reverse isomerization. He was, you know, said he was making hash oil by the gallon. You know, that's what he's, that's what he was claiming. He said he got busted with like eight oils or something, eight, eight gallons of, uh, eight gallons of uh, hash oil. And so I was like pretty amazed by that. And I was like, holy shit. Um, in like I'm from Marathon County, and actually there there's a funny story about that. My my grandpa, that same guy, he was really good friends with the sh uh, sheriff or one of the rule makers of Marathon County, and he actually got a 
he was able to push through like this kind of law in Marathon County that under seven grams of cannabis cannot be considered. Like it's All the basic, way back then? it's basically a traffic ticket. Yeah, it's like a misdemeanor. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, that was all the way back then. Um, so it's kind of in your family to be some sort of yeah, so slash outlaw slash ganjapreneur. Yeah, probably. And uh, yeah, so yeah, he ended up kind of teaching me about hash, showing me like some different things. You know, he told me about like ethanol and hexane extraction, and just like they used like ether extraction back in the day, which was some crazy shit. Um, not a ton of solvent lists. Like he was into like Keef and pressed hash and stuff like that, obviously, because he was just around once in a while and he'd like bring, I'd get like these little circle pucks and they'd be like kind of pressed and they'd have like a little cut that was like a little pie piece, like a little pizza pie. And each little piece was like a gram and you'd buy like the little 10 gram chunk. And, uh, you know, so he would like, you know, he would hook me up, and we were, you know, we were close. Um, I lived, actually, in his house, eventually, and, you know, like, yeah, ran a lot of experiments when I was young and did everything from butane, you know, to ethanol to ice water to, you know, press to whatever. So, um, Basically, you know, getting material and any kind of volume out there that you'd want to do that with, because, I mean, weed goes for 400 a zip plus out there, you know, really good stuff. You know, you're, you're paying 16 eighth all the way up, you know, when you're like up there. So it's, and nowadays it's a little cheaper because Michigan and, you know, some of those surrounding states are like obviously able to pull it up. People are able to get some stuff in from some legal states now, so it's cheaper, but price is still pretty high up there. Um, but yeah, I'd get like bags of random trim from random people, like old friends. One of the guys actually just died, uh, Tom Young, really good dude. Um, <laughs> showed me a lot of crazy shit as a kid, to tell you the truth. Probably more shit than I should have been shown, but uh, you know, I do extractions at his house. I mean, we did some wild stuff that obviously probably could have got us killed and should have got should have should have got us killed i mean running huge amounts of butane you know through crazy amounts of like trim and indoors that sketchy shit know. back in the yeah, day that like we all wild shouldn't say we all but those old timers did that was fucking stupid yeah it was yeah. dumb very dumb you know i taught my friend how to make uh butane oil or ha like what bho and uh PVC pipe, <laughs> and you had a had a double boil it in your oven mm -hmm. or and sorry in your kitchen sink. Yeah, yeah, with, with hot, hot water. water. Yeah, and it was right next to a fucking pilot light. Oh he yeah, fucking blew his <clears throat> kitchen off, like just exploded his kitchen. Oh yeah, this guy was lighting up <laughs> cigarettes while we were fucking doing. This, it was my you fucking know? fault. Was, I taught him. Except my house didn't have a fucking furnace or whatever right next to the sink, and I put, opened the window and like I never blew myself up. I probably should have. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I taught him. Like. Consulting 101 back in whatever way back when, yeah, I'll teach you how to blow yourself up. It's cool, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, same friends, one of their older brothers, you know, he was he was doing water hash and he started, you know, 
making water hash, I started experiencing 90 mic or 73 micron. You know, I started experiencing 160 micron. It was like all this different stuff I had never heard of or really known before. I was like micron. You know, I just get hash. Like, what? What's going on? <laughs> did you prefer, or this is maybe when you started, but did you prefer hash over flour at this point, or? Even uh, yeah, now so I, at this, maybe I don't even know where your stance is now. I mean, the thing was, hash was still hard to get. I mean, I would travel two hours to go pick up hash, four hours to go pick up hash, six hours, you know. It was like anyone who I knew who would have it, I'd go pick it up, but it still wasn't like a very common thing. And again, any kind of like bulk, you were just like sitting on that stuff. Sure. Just like Plus, I think it. hash, I don't know exactly your time frame, but when my age hash was a felony or versus it's a little flower wasn't so it's it just like yeah you know a, a quarter of weed is not a big deal whereas a quarter of hash is like you're fucked buddy you know what i mean like no it still is in wisconsin it's still a felony to do that you know so um but yeah i mean it, it it's hopefully that stuff will change soon i mean that's part of fucking what sent you i mean i agree with that but uh, what sent you to colorado the the movement here the legalization kind of happened i mean it was i was it was either i got into the system in wisconsin like and they kept me in there or i would leave you know that was part of the agreement you know so i agreed to leave and i said that you know i'm going to colorado i need to leave this place i need to be able to get away from this group of people i need to that that are influencing me or whatever (laughs) you know that's what my lawyer's telling them you know i need to you know blah 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 because what happened was is all this you know i didn't finish that whole thing when i got busted but when that happened you know i got put on you know probation so when when you're on probation if you get in trouble over the next you know i was on it for you know two and a half years at this point you know because court took a while but um and or two and a half years you know until you're 18 essentially and basically when i was 17 i was coming back from madison wisconsin um I was with some buddies. We were all like, we were going to some show. We were going to see like Lotus or something like that. Uh, we stayed at like a buddy's house. We were just like partying all weekend. And then on the way back, we're driving through uh, this Marquette County, you know, right outside of Madison. And basically, I was speeding. You know, I have fucking car full of kids. You know, <laughs> smoke roaring out the fucking window. And so fucking this cop saw us in that I didn't see. And he fucking whips around instantly, speeds right up, pulls us over. And I'm like, shit, everybody's scrambling, you know? Sure shit, I had like weed and pipes and fucking, you know, all sorts of shit I shouldn't have had. And so, yeah, so basically that whole thing got like, it came back. And then, like, it was, like, in a fury. Like, it was like, no, now you're fucked, kid. Yeah. Like, now we're going to make an example out of you. Now we're going to charge you as an adult you're fucking 17 like you're <laughs> fucked man and that's what they did they 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 gave me a dui for driving intoxicated under can uh, dui can uh drugs for cannabis um they gave me a uh, possession of drug paraphernalia possession of thc uh that's about it by the time i ended up getting away with it uh or by the time my lawyer ended up getting me out of what they could that's what i ended up agreeing to and i would basically take those charges leave the state and fucking be out of their hair forever 
And that's what I did. So I moved out to Colorado. I moved in with my aunt um, up in Silverthorne. And I lived up there for a while. And, you know, just kind of... Catch me up to speed with uh, <laughs> Verde. So how does, how does Dab Logic get started? And uh, the partnership with Verde, or is that the first partner you had when you started Dab Logic? Or how does that start? How does Dab Logic start? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was originally working um, solo, and I brought in a few friends. Um, I was um, doing some stuff with actually some of the kids that I grew up with. They moved out here to Colorado. They moved down to Boulder. We would move, you know, I'm, I, w I moved in with them for a little while, and they were growing some pretty fire stuff, and we, we were making hash with it, and... I had a buddy, Sean, who his, uh, he runs Voda Extracts, uh, by the way, or Voda, Voda Concentrates, I forget what it is exactly, but yeah, shout out to Sean, he's a good dude. Um, so he would get me a ton of material from people like up in Ned and stuff like that, like wet trim and like dry trim, and mostly, because people weren't really willing to give up flour yet at this point for hash. Um, so... Started kind of, you know, cranking that stuff out. I had it available. I would sell it. I did a lot of dry sift, you know, full melt dry sift was like a big, big thing that I super passionate about and did a lot of and really love. Um, and, you know, I just literally buy trimbing key from growers sure. and they didn't really have anything to do with this before rosin, you know, so they weren't doing anything like that. They weren't, they didn't know. So I just sift it. I'd pay them, you know, like 15 bucks a gram, and I could literally sell that shit for fucking, you know, 60, 70 by the time it was done, mm -hmm. you know? So. Someone's trash is another man's treasure. Yeah. So, ended up doing that. We, I ended up working and then working with All Greens. Um, Sean and I and another friend, Cole, we ended up uh, going into All Greens and setting up their lab over there. And we set up all their water extraction. We ran through and tested all their varieties. Um, we did everything, you know, we harvested, bucked it, froze it, washed it, grammed it, you know, the whole nine, all the way through, just us, you know. And back then, again, before freeze dryers really were a thing, Harvest Right hadn't, wasn't a thing yet, you know, rosin still wasn't a thing. So every micron was just sold as was. It was, you know, 160, you know, basically down. Uh, all so the way. it was all bubble hash, basically. Yeah, all bubble hash, yeah. and just separated by micron. And uh, and yeah, we found some amazing varieties in their garden. I mean, they they have amazing cannabis, and and you know they uh, Jessica, she's the grower over there. Luke, you know they won they, a bunch of awards. They're they fucking do. They have some incredible stuff. They their Kong, their cheese. I mean, a lot of the new varieties that I've seen they're working with is are great you know i really like their stuff but uh uh was working with them for probably about two years um kind of cut ties just due to some difficulties that they were having with licensing and all this different stuff that you know just how standard shit, shit for running a cannabis business exactly so we ended up parting ways. Uh, I did some consulting gigs in the meantime and was, was running a lot of like just homies material, you know, just everybody who had anything that, yeah. that was like good, you know, Poochie, Jordan, you know, the list goes on. These people, you know, 
probably still growing right now. I haven't talked to him in a while. He's probably still growing some fucking some of the best weed around, you know. So, um, so yeah. So we were watching a lot of that stuff, kind of just you know home home lab type deal, um, and uh, Chucky come scoop you up. Well, no, and then we we ended up, you know, Verde there they they had some really cool people who were working for them. You know, they had uh, they had some great people. You know, Cassandra McAfee, she set that that whole you know facility the up, grow, the whole yeah. organic living soil thing. You know, that's that's really what called me to that that place. And uh, they were looking for a hash maker. They had just fired their last hash maker. Um, and they wanted somebody to come set up shop and, you know, kind of run their material. And that was, like, still, you know, that was 2017. Um, and I went in and basically, you know, just kind of took over from there, kind of set up everything, set up the lab, set up everything. And still this day, I'm I'm in there every single day. I run sure. this lab. I'm you so know. there at six a.m. this morning. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm there every fucking morning at the crack. I gotta of dawn. ask you this because <laughs> you guys, I think, are best known or what made you guys a huge hit was the pens and doing the rosin pens and the non-solvent the carts, I should say, uh, non-solvent carts. So um, you can say, "Fuck no, I'm not gonna tell you." Or the audience, I'm not gonna tell the audience, but. Uh, how do you make a rosin cart? Because you guys have the best ones. Yeah. And everyone else seems to be cutting it with weird shit, but your guys is fucking always, always fire. Yeah, I mean, I'll... Uh, it's like this. It's like... Stability and consistency of resin is kind of broken down into a couple things. You have... Like look look at con look at total concentration of any hash. You're you're basically dealing with cannabinoid concentration and you're also looking at a terpene concentration. So terpene and THCA still make a pretty dry kind of consistency. THCA will actually always crystallize at a concentration over fifty percent. So no matter what you do, um, to try to like just stick hash in a cart. You're always gonna end. It. You're yeah. always gonna end up with this like gunky kind of bullshit that's not really that won't really actually have a stability to it. Um, also, think of and I'm and I'm you know this is me just trying to be indirect about this just so I don't have to like you yeah, know don't violate any of your yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, exactly. Like, so it's like. Um, and then think about this. Think about terpene. Think about terpene volatility. Think about um, terpene boiling, flashpoint, you know, things like that. Look, look at those numbers. Start studying that. When you look at that, you'll actually see, okay, um, maybe beta-caryophylline, pinene, maybe they start, you know, boiling off 220, 225 degrees Fahrenheit, you know, next in line you know you can you just follow that up you know humulene and into you know then into some of your more you know floral kind of terpenes into the you know up to essentially limonene you know and at the end you have limonene which is super stable i mean that's why it's literally <laughs> like so here's here's another thing like narrow leaf narrow leaf plants you know where where do they come from they come from india 
when you look at those profiles overall in India, you'll notice high terpenoline variety. You'll, you'll notice the reason they did that is because it was they needed wet resin. They needed a, wet, a, re, a resin that would just kind of come off on their hands when they made charas. Um, as that kind of moved over into Afghanistan, the methodology being used was actually dry, dry sieve. So they needed to develop a, a plant that actually had a more stable resin um, associated with it. So they just ended up selecting inherently for higher limonene concentration. So if you look at any hash, like pretty much out there, most, like 95% of it, you know, number one dominant terpene is a limonene, you know, and if it's not, it's myrcene, you know, and uh, then it's beta caryophyllene. So it's like, that's typically how those end up lining up when you start to try to wash a high terpenoline strain, you know, haze, stuff like that, like, or I don't even want to say haze because real good haze isn't high terpenoline. It's, it's actually like this piffy cat piss fucking like leather incense, you know, fucking temple weed. Like that stuff is fucking amazing. Um, but like this Jack kind of stuff that everybody thinks was what haze is, you the know, Dutch. the Jack, the Dutch haze. Exactly. So that stuff doesn't wash. That's high terpenoline. Um, and it's wet. The resin is wet. And they actually did that. <laughs> these selections are also, you know, obviously they're ancient, you know, like I said, they're coming from the old ancient traditions in which were used for making hash because these were the people working on this stuff for hundreds and hundreds of years over generation and generation, you know. They put more work than anybody else and we don't give them credit for that, but, um, or so, you know, but anyway, so when, uh, when, you, when you try to wash that, they don't work. They're, they're, they're just... They're wet. They don't wash. Um, so I don't really know why I went into that portion of it. But well, so I, I let I, you off the hook a little bit. I asked you how to yeah, make carts, but yeah. you like yeah. basically told us like <laughs> it has to do with terpenes, and uh, he's not going to give you a secret sauce. Well, well let's go into well, questions well, that we can't ask. Hold on one <laughs> sec, no, because I, I I do want to give that. I do, do want to give more. Like look look at your THCA to THC concentration because. That's really what's going... Oh, yeah, I did that because I, I was talking about stability and terpene and volatility. And know the points of your resin that, that like, know, know the stability of your resin. Always be willing to test the stability of your resin to its maximum extreme. Like, never feel afraid to do that. Now, that isn't the way to do it. Like, obviously, if you fucking just, like try to press at a high temp or fucking, you know, if you try to cook your stuff or you try to do that, it's not really going to work. But but start to look at, like, decarboxylation and what that means, where those points begin, you know, in a resin concentrate, because that's how you're going to change your, your concentration of THCA to THC. Um, and that's what's going to alter the stability, because, again, THCA forms a crystal. THC is stays a amorphous kind of solid or a liquid or an oil or whatever yeah. you want to call it, you know? So, but again, if you try to convert a hash to like an edible oil and try to stick that in there, it's literally going to taste like shit. So you don't want to do any of the techniques that the edible people are using because they don't, they don't know what they're doing. They're just looking for total and complete decarboxylation. You're just looking for enough to alter that, that, 
that crystallization. That's all you're looking for. I'm so. laughing because it's like you don't, you guys don't think this shit's a science. These hash guys, are, I don't think they like to be called artists as much or whatever. But it is kind of they are artists. Like it is a craft, and these guys like are definitely dorking out on shit that you a lot of you don't even comprehend at all to try to deliver like the craziest best product that you you'll ever see. Speaking of. Can I see your jars? I want to show them on our close-up cam if they if they'll focus. And I want to. I'll let Caesar ask a question since we be going crazy. But I wanted to. Um, we'll, we'll tag team the question. Strains hazelnut cream is probably your w most well-known, best-selling rosin, in my opinion. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But um, talk to me about some of these strains that you do make. And I got to let Caesar ask a question before we run out of time on this show. What are some of the highest uh, returning strains you've washed? What are some of your favorite strains? What are some strains that you would avoid because they are not worth uh, returning or the return's not good or stuff like that? I mean, like a, like a good, like a really good return for hash, like really, really, really good. The best returns, you know, are looking at like over 8%, um, se seven or above. Seven or above is like crazy. What strains hit seven or above? I mean, GMO is one of them. If you do it right, GMO hits hits over seven. Um, the, some of the cookies and cream crosses, they'll, they'll do they'll do over seven. Um, you know, I've heard I've heard a lot of different things. I mean, you know, some of these new, you know, chop by a, you know. Straw Nana shit, you know, some of that can probably do around six, seven, you know. Um, but does the best stuff return the highest? Because remember, so, we were talking so about, no, like, people were talking about, let no, me see your tubes. No, so, yeah, so, I mean, here's the other thing. Like, the best, the absolute best, like, when I walk up to, when, when, I, when I ask someone, like, okay, like, I'm, first things first, like, I'm always looking for just, like, straight gas. I'm looking for something that's going to, like, be able to get me high, be able to, like, sit me down, be able to, like, get my blood going, like, give me that real, you know, cerebral blood flow moving, you know, those strains, you know, they're going to have, again, that's that, that's that limonene, that's uh myrcene, you know, backup, that's, you know, pinene's going to be in there, that stuff, like, all that stuff, um, yeah, and you're, you know, that, that's, like, the first thing I look for, after that, it's like, okay, yield, you know, it's, it's good, um, if it's good, it's whatever, you know, if it's a good yield, it's, it's good. Um, you know, we need to have, you know, again, part of that, part of that, uh, part of that effect and part of what, what that's doing is that's coming from the terpenes, you know, so those, those things, you know, need to be strong. They need to be, they need to show themselves. They need to like, you know, have a decent color, you know, things like that. You know, you can get away with some stuff like TROP, you know, people... People don't mind a little bit of a different color on trap. You know, some of this GMO, you got to take 11 weeks. It's going to be fucking a little more tan. I mean, what the hell? Like, if you don't take it 11 weeks, it's not gas. It's fucking bullshit. You know, it tastes more like the cookies. And, you know, you just, you don't get it all the way through. So. Puffco just died. I just like cheers to everybody and push the button. <laughs> bang, bang, that three vibrations of sadness. Sorry, I was totally interrupting. No, but I mean, you know, basically like viability for, for somebody to like, be, for a farmer to be able to actually support their families and then for a hash maker to be able to like scrape by, you're literally talking 4%. You know, that's literally what... <laughs> 
what the number is. And, you know, that's why a lot of these varieties, when, when hash makers are looking or, you know, for this shit, they'll, they'll just be like, give me anything over four, you know, anything over four, anything over four, because four is the number where everybody can actually, like, feed their fucking family. You know? So That's four is it. the absolute minimum that most people commercially would shoot for. Exactly. And I mean, even commercially, like, and even when you're talking like having a girl at home, you have to grow something that's about 4% as probably, you know, 20%, 30%, 40% of your stuff. And then maybe you can dedicate that extra, you know, 80 to 60% towards like stuff that's probably going to be between two and two and three and a half. You know what I'm saying? So that two and three and a half stuff, you know, you're you know there there's a lot of different varieties that that pull around there you know you can what skittles washing it i'm wondering <laughs> that's like a two right? it's like a two that's what i thought yeah. it's like a two so, so yeah something if it's like... so stupid fire and i love it so fucking much does it still make sense to do like small batch or is it literally like a waste of time energy and effort well here's the thing like if somebody could actually if 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 the community says like no we want to see this kind of stuff because we're sick of like the same varieties that we see floating around or you know what but what that's doing secretly is putting pressure on that's putting pressure on the breeders to really start you know amping it up but you know in the in the meantime till that like really happens it's like you you have to be you, that's why the consumer has to pay fucking 60 bucks sure. a gram for this shit you know can you explain real quick just because i know not that this audience base is dumb at all but i know a lot of people are like wash four percent what the fuck like that that's good four percent's good what the fuck are these guys talking about or whatever mm-hmm. but like i just know that there's a lot of people that aren't going to understand at all what the fuck you just yeah, said yeah. so can I, you kind of break it down in layman's terms a little bit more yeah. fresh frozen the idea of fresh frozen people probably don't understand you freeze this cannabis the moment that we cut it, and then you work it. So just, exactly, and we only have a few minutes left. So if you could quickly, I guess, sort of break down how you, what's four percent mean? Yeah, four percent. I mean, you're literally just talking yield from a fresh frozen, uh, fresh frozen amount of material. So if you're looking at a cannabis plant and you're looking to chop that down, let's say you get about a thousand grams wet material off that, that that from that wet amount of material you should expect you know anywhere from two to seven percent depending on who grew it some shit's even lower like i said if you get anything with hydropenaline it smells like jack herrera you know just for anybody in the audience what smells like durban poison or what people know as durban poison um that shit will not wash so i'm just like right off the bat just cut it out you know so um so yeah. the four percent number is basically a percentage of the wet weight, not of the like, total, hash, not like dry yeah. weed or something. When you would try to make hash out of it, and you only get a four four percent return off like nugs or something. That no. would be yeah. When you'd, you you'd think want... about wet weed too, you got to consider it's roughly twenty five percent of that is the actual dry weight. So if exactly. I give you, you know, ten pounds or whatever, it's you know. 25 percent is 2.5 pounds or whatever is actually all I really gave you yeah. of what would be flour. But your return numbers are based off the 10 pounds being wet. And then, so I, I think, I, you know, connoisseurs or most people understand that, but I'm sure there's people that don't understand what we were just talking about. That's why people look for those high numbers, six, seven, eight, and all that stuff. That's why I'm saying GMO is God because mm-hmm. every hash maker loves it because it does eight, seven, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. 
Jim people look for a those. watching legend. Yeah, like I say, um, there's a couple of other ones. The straw, straw Nana, I think you guys do. That yeah. What are your favorite strains to wash that you currently work with? Or I you... mean, my, my all-time favorite, right? I mean, right now, I've been for the past couple of years, hazelnut cream. I mean, that's just, you can't go wrong. Uh, obviously, GMO, it's like, it still is one of my favorites. You know, even people are sick of that. They see it around, like, like smoke some gassy 11-week, you know, 10, 11-week GMO. You're fucking, like, come on, that's some of the best stuff out there. Um you know, chem variety is really good. You know, you can get a chem variety, no cookies to get, you know, around 4%, you know, so there's stuff like that. Uh, you know, I'm excited about, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, I, we just test washed that, Zaza, that Zazans from you guys. Yeah, we could talk that. about, we can close the show with what we just sort of talked about. So we, Julie and I have been talking for the past few weeks and uh, I've been, uh, uh, what we say we I've been flirting with uh, Dab Logic, try to get him to work with us a little bit, and it looks like uh, Dark Horse is going to officially link up with Dab Logic and put out a whole line of shit. Really, it's going to be kind of like everything. We're going to have Flower, which is going to go out through Verde exclusively through Verde. I think I'm pretty safe to announce right now that all of our Flower, if you're looking for Dark Horse Flower, it's all going to be exclusively at Verde moving forward, which is a pretty big fucking announcement. But uh, yeah, all all the dark horse flower will be found over at Verde. They're also going to have dark horse flower in carts, or, or dark horse flower will be turned into carts. There'll be hash. There'll be even all the way down to like edibles, not necessarily dark horse edibles, but they're all the material will be used all the way down the line. So um, yeah, this is a bit of a marriage of sorts, and um, I'm nothing but stoked, dude. I think it's going to be yeah, awesome yeah. to give these guys you. Let's also just mention real quick. You were working with Top Dog mm-hmm. over there at the where, at the facility, and mm-hmm. he was doing some. I don't know if it was breeding or pheno hunting or whatever, just looking for washers or anything. But did yeah. you guys find any killer Top Dog stuff? Oh to my god! Yeah, to watch? no. I mean, we found we found some great Top Dog stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, found some some really nice stuff in his NYC cam. That stuff's killer. Uh, Sour eighteen, Creme OG. You know, even some Colorado Super Skunk. Uh, yeah, a bunch of bunch of really good good stuff coming down the pipeline so cool we're in the last f- definitely two three minutes uh i got cut out the ending or whatever but uh or the, the beginning but uh i gave you the last word is anybody you want to shout out or anything that you want to say on the way out the door yeah i mean you know shout out shout out for sure to the team in the lab i mean matt kenny you know ollie sydney nicole murph you know every one of you people you know you make what you make this shit happen every day um you know, also shout out, you know, to the Grove or at Verde, you know, they've they've really been been crushing it. They they they've been doing it and pumping out year after year and you know, they're really respectful to to everything. So I mean they you know, big, big shout out to Verde and the team. My my uh partner out in California, Sam, you know, super big shout out to him. He's like I couldn't do this without him. He's he's one of the most amazing people. Um and then yeah again you know shout out shout out to everyone out there who's popping seeds and fucking finding finding phenos and and washing it and and laying it down and paving the way because this isn't going to happen without everybody you know so we really got to do that and uh yeah before i forget also uh, jacob you know in the lab man like in or in the in the in the breeding 
you know, part. Like we're we're doing a lot yeah. back there. Verde's got a whole lot going on, man. Yeah, so we we're happy to not necessarily join the team, but to get our flower on the shelf and kind of exclusively and. Uh, we're stoked, man. Yeah. So shout out to Caesar for the plug. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, Caesar, fucking, you know, shout yeah. out to Caesar for yeah, plugging himself for a while. Yeah. Here's the sponsors. Hell yeah! But uh, yeah, we got to get the fuck out of here, everybody. Yep. Shout out to the sponsors, and uh, thanks again, Julian, for coming on the show. Yep. Shout and out to my know. lady also for fucking, you know, keeping the lights on, you know, yes, every sir. fucking day. <laughs> Peace, everybody. Later. Little power gay fish come sit on my shoulder today. Little gay power fish sit on my shoulder today and make me a fried shrimpy dish with some soy sauce, baby. As the beat drops, super super fries. Super fry egg roll, triple fry fry rice, triple fry rice, baby. Two for one egg roll, super triple fry rice, triple fry rice, baby. Don't forget the soy sauce, chan chan chan. There's my gay fish song, dudes. What? <laughs>